Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Ultimate Goal Podcast, episode five, coming at you here. And me and Mike have a good one today. Mike, of course, as always, say hello. Hello, everyone. Um, yeah, we got a we got a packed show today. We have an amazing interview. Just just probably, I mean, one of my favorite interviews so far um, from the men's soccer team. We'll get more into the men's soccer team later, but they secured the number one seed in their conference, winning the regular season championship. Still have playoffs to go through to win the real championship, but definitely a good start to get some home field advantage. They play on Tuesday, so we kind of talked to them about their season, what it's been like, what this what this win streak has been like, their latest win streak in this playoff run. Um, we talk about we're we're gonna talk about the first conference championship of the season for Endicott. We're talking some women's soccer. We're gonna talk some field hockey. Uh, we're gonna get back to our guarantees. We got we got a whole packed show, so definitely. Tune into this one if you haven't yet, and tune into this one out of all of them because this is maybe one of the most exciting ones to date. So we will hop right into it, starting with congratulations to the tennis team for winning their first, the first conference championship of the season for Endicott. One of many, hopefully, right? One of many. I mean, hopefully, but with with the goals here. I yeah, mean, yeah. It's, the CCC is uh, is a playground for many for many teams. So the first of many. Let's let's hope we get some teams in good position. Um, but again, congratulations to the women's tennis team. This is their second straight title. Domination, of course, as usual. Just adding another dominant team to the program, to the school, I should say. It's their eighth in program history, which is ridiculous. It's just counting the trophies at this point. I would love to, I would love to go around and see how, I'm sure I can find it somewhere on the web, how many trophies Endicott has in total, just in general. Like CCC championships. It's, like of it's all the teams combined, it's a bit it's a lot yeah <laughs> it's a definitely. lot definitely not a small number um yeah. but anyway jumping into a bit we got some the doubles matchups um Ladle Gooster and Ripley Uyeda eight to six in their victory the senior pairing of Fernando Trevino and Justine Hoover who we talked about in a past podcast um they're dominating again eight to one win Shelby Henry and Ashley Cavini eight to one as well that rounded out the doubles shutout then Olivia Burler winning 6-0 twice. Gooster sealing out the blowout and the championship with 6-1 and 6-2 wins that got them um, their second straight championship. Um, first of the season for Endicott, um, Hoover and Trevino, 5-0 this season of the double pairing. The two seniors, I mean, talk about showing your dominance in their last season. They knew, they knew it was their last season. They came in and 5-0 dominant season. So congrats to the women's, congrats to the women's tennis team. First First championship of the year, very well deserved. A great team overall, a group of great, a great people, and they deserve it. So, congrats to the women's team. Yeah, I would. I there's nothing else to say except congratulations. I mean, the first one just dominant, dude, just dominant. I mean, it's it's pretty unbelievable. I mean, I'm sure when people outside of the CCC, when they think of uh, the CCC, they have to think of Endicott first. Obviously, there's other names, but Endicott is just. It's basically like if you think of Duke, Kentucky, or Villanova yeah. in college basketball. Like yeah, it's literally. Literally, it's, a, it's the same with Alabama of, of college football. Yeah. Like, they're not – like, we're not always winning, but it, there's not a good chance we are. <laughs> yeah. Um, and tennis is another sport. Like, again, like Serena Williams and Roger Federer and all those guys. And I've, I grew up watching Sports Center and heard all the highlights, but I don't know much about the scoring system or – or, I mean, I've tried. I know more than rugby. I'll tell you that. I do know. I do more yeah. than that. At least we learned that one in gym class. But, um, 
just, just just great stuff overall. Like I said, I don't even barely know about it. And these girls are going out and, and dominating college, other colleges. I mean, this this team is this is the same team that went on Merrimack and senior day and put up a good fight. Like it was you, you would expect like a D1 school to blow us out of the water. But like it wasn't even like they beat us, sure, but like come on. It's a D1 yeah, I think school. It, like it kind of shows like this is this is a I thought of it when I came here on my visa. Like this is ran like a D1 program. This Literally, is, yeah. All of, all the teams are. And it shows it shows with the trophies. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, just just a great just a great one for them. It's just insane. And congrats to the women's t- tennis team yet again. Um, switching over, women's soccer. We're gonna we're gonna jump into men's soccer here in a second, but very similar bolts for them. Uh, much like the men's team, women's team ending on a scorching hot streak. They won their five. The the women's won their five last game. The women's team, and the men won their four last games. So speak about conference dominance. I mean, having those last games only being the conference, they swept them in the last few games. Like they had they had no shot. To seal the deal on that one, senior Hannah Lederman put in her first first collegiate goal and an assist against Nichols. Uh, they won three nothing, and that kind of clinched them the the conference. They they did win against they they had back to back wins against UNE and WNE, which is like the two biggest games of the year. They literally had they were thir- they were third in the conference, and they had number one the number one seed and the number two seed to play back to back weeks. I'm talking about my broadcast. I'm like, it's going to be a tough week for the Gulls. Like, they, they got to at least pick up one to keep in this race. Like, if they want to if they want to be in the talks for the number one seed, like, they got to they gotta pick up at least one of these games and just go out and win both of them, like, right away. Yeah. Like, nobody's been. That was definitely, in my opinion, the turning point for them. I don't know. I know you've been to a few. You've, you've PA'd a few of them, Mike. But the turning point in the season was that for them. I mean, they were – a little bit of a different story than the men's team this year, but they're always a solid team. They didn't really come on strong until the end. I mean, they ended with a, a ten win, a ten win team. I mean, a great season, um, but they didn't really come on strong until the very end, to, to mid season towards the end, towards the end, and they were flirting with that one through three positioning, and all of a sudden they win those two games against New England teams, and they're and they win, they get first place by three points. Like it wasn't, it ended up not even being that close. Like I thought it'd be some kind of close like tiebreaker. Like no, they just outright won dominated the New England teams and here they are. So it's a great yeah. finish, great finish for the goals there. Yeah, I would just say like when I'm doing PA and just like all the sports information to people in there, just talking about like the game and like what could happen, they always lead with like it's gonna be a tough game. Like this team's pretty good. And I think it's just a testament to them just showing like, hey, like we're playing a good opponent. We're we're pretty good too. And let's see, let's see who wins. Let's let's see if it ends in a tie. Let's let's just give it our best shot. And it's up to like this team just competes. It comes yeah. down to that. Yeah, they're just they're just clearly determined. I mean, they they got you at home and and shut them out three to nothing against the yeah. number one seed. Then they got the, then Endicott got the two seed. Then uh, Western New England was the one seed, and they went away to Western New England an hour or so plus away, and then beat them three to two, I think, or either three to two or two to one. Um, yep. Just unbelievable performance at the end of the year. Uh, just just dominant, and they got exactly what they deserved. So, yeah, Endicott shut out the Bison uh, of Nichols. No big surprise there either. I mean, their defense has been ridiculous. That's their, that's their eighth shutout of the season. Eighth. They're eight in, in half their games. They didn't allow any goals. That's just like their defense has been crazy. I think there's only been – I think there's only been one game they allowed, I remember they allowed three goals in one game. 
and that might be it. I'd have to do my some fact checking on that one. But that's crazy. They have just been crazy. And not to mention, they're, in my opinion, all CCC goalie Jackie Ruggiero didn't. Uh, those those teams didn't come out yet. The, the all CCC awards did not um, release yet for the women's. But in my opinion, someone that deserves to be on there has been hurt for the last few games. Similar story to Zach Rubio, which we'll get to later on in that in our interview. But uh, a freshman again, Rosalina Kalira coming in and getting shutouts in the last few games, like just just shutting out CCC teams as a freshman, getting zero real game time reps. Their best goal, their the, the reason part a big part of the reason their defense is so good and Ruggiero goes down and she comes in and makes it seem like there's no difference. Like just at all angles, this Endicott team has just been dangerous. Like you, yeah, it's ridiculous. Pretty, it's pretty unbelievable, and I'm sure as a like the coach just just sees the endless amount of weapons that they have on the field, and then I think the confidence level just increases when that happens and momentum. And yeah, the ener- I I could tell right from the game start the energy was there. Yeah. And I mean, both teams, both teams using a lot of their substitutions. And I've, I've mentioned this. Um, I meant, I, I think I made short, someone made short mention of it in the interview um, that we have going on later, but in my broadcast, I mentioned it all the time. They have deep lineups, like deep, deep rosters. And they make compared to a real soccer, like compared to a soccer game, they make a ridiculous amount of subs, six, seven different girls, different substitutes yeah. getting in the game, let alone the starting lineup. And it just shows how deep their lineup is, how, how awesome, how great coach Kenyon has been at, at knowing when to change the energy, knowing when to change the pace, knowing when um, a slight adjustment is needed in the game. It just shows how, how important a deep lineup is, especially in a game like soccer, where it doesn't stop. There's 11 people out there already and it's just nonstop running. Um, so both those teams really, really using that to their advantage and using that to win games down the stretch. Um, yeah, like I mentioned before with the New England teams, um, Endicott did fall to Gordon, who's who I'll talk about Gordon in a second. Gordon for the women's team is going to be a dangerous team, and I'll tell you why in a little bit. But they did lose to Gordon away. It was a two to one overtime game or a one nothing overtime game. And uh, they did, but they made up for it. I mean, losing that game definitely didn't help them. I think if they won that game, they would have they would have had first no question, obviously. But no, after they lost that game, they knew like if we want to get a top seed, we're gonna to have to make this up. Like we're gonna to have to um, win win other games when they matter most, and they went in and, and did just that, as I mentioned. Um, speaking about Gordon, though, I mean, Gordon is the fourth seed. This is unheard of. Gordon's the fourth seed in the CCC. Obviously, a great season. That's still one of the better teams in the CCC. They scored the most goals and let up the least amount of goals. They had the most goals for and the least goals against. But like a uh, lot too. And they were the fourth seed. I was like, that is that just has written on the wall of sleeper team. Written on the wall. Like, if you don't, if those, if these teams, which those, I mean, all the girls teams, all the women's teams are going to be looking deeper into these matchups than, than a normal fan. But like, you gotta be careful. Endicott, Endicott could very well end up playing Gordon in their next round. It would be a home game, but Gordon has been dangerous, and they've had little misfortunate win, uh, losses that just haven't gone their way, and just some games that just they just got slipped away from them, and that's put them at the four seed. I mean, they just yeah, tied they just tied Curry, who's the eight seed, and gone two six and two in the conference. So obviously that's a big slip up. But when you score forty three goals in a season and allow eight, they allowed eight. Gordon did. I mean, Endicott allowed 11, so only three more, but that's ridiculous. 
So yeah. definitely just a team. I'm I'm saying it right now. I'm calling a shot. Gordon's gonna be dangerous. I don't I don't know if they're I don't know if I don't know what their path is. I don't know if they're gonna have to play Endicott off the top of my head. I think they would though, because Endicott's a one and Gordon's a four. If they both win their games, they probably have to play each other. But it's a tough spot for Endicott there. I mean, Gordon's been a great team all season and and just a team that I think is gonna make some noise in the playoffs if, if teams aren't careful. Um, yeah. I think it's also like when you refer to like a streaky team like that, a team that leads in stats, but also like you just think of like it depends on what team shows up. And if that team, I mean, this team scores goals and they also don't let up many goals. Right. It's it's unlucky. Yeah, I know. But it's it's also a new season if you think about it. I mean, playoffs is always, when we were kids, or I I played up until I was a, I was an athlete in high school. And up until all the way then, they were like, playoffs are the new season. You're you're zero and zero when you start in the playoffs. Like it is, it does yep. not matter. So Gordon's, they know, I know Gordon's gonna put that all behind them and know they're gonna, they're gonna keep rolling. And be like, we know how good we are. We know the stats we can put up. Like we're not letting our regular season record affect us at all. So yeah, just want to make the point that they're gonna be good, and I think they're gonna make some noise if teams yeah. aren't, if teams aren't careful. Um, so just to kind of give the uh, schedule recap. CCC quarterfinals, their winners will advance. Um, the semifinals are on Wednesday, as I mentioned before. So, so the quarterfinals are Saturday. Endicott um, playing Curry um, tomorrow, tomorrow night, 5 o'clock. Everyone show up. Actually, this will come out after the game. So um, if anyone's confused about that, we are recording on Friday. Game comes uh, – game is playing on Saturday, so that's why we're not reviewing the game, obviously. Um, but they will be playing Curry, 5 o'clock at the Nest, um, their first quarterfinal matchup. Um, if, they, if whoever wins that game will advance to Wednesday, a semifinal game. Um, oh, here it is. So Endicott-Curry will play Gordon-Suffolk. So if Endicott and Gordon both win, Endicott will be set to have a semifinal match against Gordon at the Nest. How, wow. Actually, if you think about it, we could have – Two semifinal games, Endicott versus Gordon at Endicott back-to-back days. How, how ridiculous is that? The nest is going to be loud. I'm in the athletic department. I am getting to the game early, and I am early. setting up ticket sales. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just there is there's real potential for the men's team and the women's team to play Gordon back-to-back semifinal games at the nest against our biggest rival. You can't, you can't, you can't write it better. You can't, you can't write a script better. And we're, and we're obviously, both there. obviously there's a lot of things to go down. I mean, for the men's men's going to play on Tuesday anyway, but Gordon's going to have to win to play them, but they're playing a home game against Western New England. And uh, the women's team will have to win and the Gordon's team will have to win obviously, but I'm just saying with the teams and the way the season has gone, there's a very good shot that <laughs> we're going to get that. Um. And yeah, so then the, the following Saturday um, will be so a week from tomorrow, a week from the girls' quarterfinal game will be the CCC championship game. Whoever is there, we don't know yet, obviously, but we will. I'm sure me and Mike will cover that on our next podcast. Um, we'll have both CCC championship games happening that day. Don't know who's going to be in it. Don't know if Endicott's going to be in it, but either way, me and Mike will cover it. So um, on the next on the next episode, you'll hear us talk about that. Um, just to finish up a little bit here on women's soccer, um, 
especially in the in their in their last few games. Uh, Jamie Capendegro and Riley Ruscitelli winning offensive player of the week and rookie of the week, respectively, um, for their performances in their last couple of weeks. They've just been carrying the load late this year. I mean, talk about freshmen all the way up to grad students being the two um, the two top goal scorers on the team. They're currently tied for goals and came up huge against both New England teams, played fantastic games and contributed major um, for those wins. Um, but speaking of speaking of Capanegro and Ricciatelli, CCC awards for the girls as of as of today, Friday, October 29th, the all CCC teams and season-long women's awards have not been announced yet. The men's have, we'll go over that, but the women's have not. So just so everyone knows, that's why we're not covering it. But to mention about Jamie Capanegro and Riley Ricciatelli, I mean, real candidate, Jamie Capanegro should be an all, all first team CCC player. That should be no doubt a grad student coming in with six goals in the year now, has scored a couple incredible goals um, in the way she's led this team. That, that should be a no-brainer. I would be, I'd be shocked to see otherwise as a number one seed. Riley Ricciatelli should be at least in the conversation of rookie of the year. Um, she missed a couple games or maybe a game in there with injury, but tied for, tied for the leading goals on the number one seeded team as a, as a freshman. It's pretty good context as to uh, a rookie of the year candidate. Um, I mentioned before, Jackie Ruggiero didn't get to play the whole season, still should be an all CCC player kind of player. She would have been uh, probably defensive player of the year, honestly, if she played the whole season. I genuinely think that. Um, and she should still get an all CC honors because of the way she carried this team, carried the load for the team. I mean, I could just go on. Yeah. Senior Chloe Waldron should, should get honors. Um, let's see here. Keep going down the list. Hannah, Le- senior Hannah Lederman should get honors there. The whole defense should sophomore Angelina Venditti, both their outside backs. I mean, Isabella, I, I could go on and on, dude. Like everybody in that team deserves some sort of recognition. And I really hope that the CCC voters get it right. I don't know if it's this, I don't know who exactly votes the coaches or whatever. I think it's I the coaches. It right. Yeah, I hope they get it right and give recognition to to a lot of the Endicott team because they they really deserve it. I like I said, I could I could just go on and on about the players that have contributed for this team. Um, yep. So I hope they just get it right, and I hope that I, I hope it's treated fairly. I mean, the number one seed should get a fair amount of winners. So uh, that's that. Yep. But yeah. Um, so that's women's soccer. Congratulations to them. Of course, we will cover, we will mention their games, their playoff run in our next podcast would be a couple of weeks from now, but yeah. So, um, that's it for women's soccer. Congratulations to them on the number one seed. Um, this year they'll play, um, on Saturday in their quarterfinal game, quarterfinal games. And me and Mike will cover their whole playoff run in our next podcast episode. Um, so yeah, just check it, check out. Don't be um, don't be afraid to go and support the Gulls in the rest of their playoff endeavors. And me and Mike will cover the rest of them on the next show. Um, so are we good to jump into men's soccer? And do you have any lasting thoughts? Or are we talking? Are we talking some men's soccer now? I think we can hop into men's soccer. Beautiful, beautiful. I mean, coming into this interview here in a little bit, you'll get. But we're just gonna cover. Got a, got a whole lot to cover on this men's team because, I mean just a crazy breakdown the last couple of weeks, just, just everything, everything has come at this men's soccer, every, like news about this men's soccer team has just blown up in the last couple of weeks. I don't even know where to start. Um, but I guess we'll start with their winning streak and the end the year on a four game winning streak. They were four, six and two at one point. And I was, I was talking in the booth, like these, 
these conference games are going to mean a lot. They're going to be huge. They lost. They lost to Salve. They're um, they lost to Salve, one of the CCC matchups and one of their rivals. Obviously, a tough game, a two-one overtime loss. And honestly, I think that Endicott should have won. They had better stats. They had more shots on net. They just couldn't finish in the end. Um, and at that point, they were four, six, and two. I remember being like, Endicott has got to pick it up in these last CCC games, or they're going to be in a non-favorable position whatsoever. They're going to be look on the outside looking in and having to play some tough away games. They ripped off four in a row, putting them at eight, six, and two overall, and just an insane conference record. Yeah, I was th- that's what I thought. So, yeah, just a dominant uh, – Dominant conference record with those four straight wins, seven one and one now. Salve being their only loss in the CCC, and they did what they had to do. They came in, they had a, they had some, they faced some tough um, out of conference games to start their year. Obviously, still trying to bind their team together, get everyone on the field, build some team chemistry. So they had their had their fair share of struggles, but seven one and one in their conference is just dominant and easily in them the number one seed. Yeah. I mean, I would just say, like, sure, sure dominance. You can just see during these games that they're they're clicking on all cylinders right now. Just like every every pass, every every like just long shot. You have a feeling like it's it's gonna go in. It's gonna be close. And like a bunch of people have stepped up. Like we said, there's a lot of substitutions, but every person assumes their role, and they do a great job with that. Yeah, and we'll and we'll mention the ones specifically that have stepped up um, here in a bit. But Endicott. If you look at the CCC standings, Endicott and Roger Williams tying in points. But if you remember Endicott, as I said, Salve was their only loss. They got that huge win against Roger Williams, 2-0 in that homecoming game, which eventually gave them the number one seed. I mean, I've been saying time after time after time that these games are going to mean so much in the playoffs. And I felt like a broken record in my broadcast. I probably said it 20 times. These games are going to mean so much. These games are going to be so important. Uh, these games have huge playoff implications. And time and time again, I, I would say it, and it came to be true. I mean, for one of them, at least. I mean, Roger Williams, I, I definitely said it that night, and it came to be true. If we don't win that game, we're the number two seed, and we, we might not get home field advantage all the way through. And we don't get enough, and we don't get a first week bye. And we're playing in a quarterfinal game. So a huge win there, a huge game for them earlier in the season. Now they got themselves the number one seed. Um, tomorrow or so – yeah, Saturday the 30th, Gordon and Western New England will play over in Wenham. And the winner of that game will play Endicott on Tuesday. So that's where that Gordon matchup could come back into play if they win that game. So um, Gordon, Western New England playing, the winner will play Endicott. Um, as I mentioned, 4-6-2 and two after their loss at Salve earlier this year. Suffolk 4-1, UNE 6-0, WNE in a 2-1 win, which was huge. That was a close game. And then Nichols four to nothing to find themselves the regular season champs of the CCC. Huge games down the stretch, just dominant. I mean, they had one close game, but Suffolk four to one, UNE six nothing, and Nichols four nothing is light work. Um, credit to all the whole team, but Coach Cal specifically. I mean, they found a way to turn around, find a spark. Credit to everyone there, but I mean, obviously, the coaching is a huge part is finding momentum and finding that spark within your team. Coach Cal did a great job of that, and rest of the and rest of them found it, used their losses to their advantage, fixed their mistakes, and and went on this tear. But especially highlight to a couple of these, couple of these players here. I'll say the biggest highlight here at the end of the season, 
Um, Tiago Frizzeo, just unreal performance these last few games. I don't know if you kept the tabs on their latest away games, Mike. Yep. But let me just kind of give a season rundown here for, um, for Frizzeo. I mean, he started the year at center midfield, which is uh, one of the more desirable positions in soccer. I mean, it's, it's sought after. It's a dominant position and, and, and a lot of, a one that a lot of kids want to play growing up and a lot of people want to play at this level. But after, after some midseason changes, some injuries, some this and that, Coach Cal moved him back to right back, where he's been playing since probably midway through the season, maybe a little before midway, and, but just found a home there. I mean, was a great center midfielder, and it wasn't, it wasn't his fault. It wasn't working out. It just the team, what the team needed and, and how the team was set up, and they finally found their groove, and he really found a home at that right back position. Not only played just dominant defense throughout the year, he, he just – didn't let guys buy him and when it comes down to it that's all you got to do and that that's what he did defensively but from right back scored three goals in the last three games from the right back spot like pretty unbelievable he still pretty, got those center mid roots yeah right I was yeah literally finding a way up the wings and most importantly he scored two in that game against WNE so they win that game two to one and they lose on a shutout one nothing if their right back doesn't come up in the clubs for them Unbelievable. Just, just unbelievable. Just a clutch performance. Um, and Frazeo came up huge there. Uh, a couple other little highlights. Cole LG got a hat trick against Nichols, his first career. Um, he earned himself um, all CCC third team, I believe. Um, yeah, so he received third team, but helped, it helped with, I mean, he's had some bangers this year. I remember his goal against, were you, uh, were you PAing the game against UNE where he had that, uh, Volley from outside yeah. the box. Yeah, that, that was, was a screamer. Yes, I wasn't. I wasn't joking when I told Joe that uh, he gave me. He, I was thanking him for some of my broadcasting moments. Some of my some of my best broadcasting moments is because of him and Cole too. I had an unreal call on that one. Um, yeah, I got or I got I got I shouldn't even say that I got the experience to have an unreal call. Um, yeah. So shout out People to them there. Close. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Cole Elgin with his first career hat trick. Um, Nailed, nailed in the coffin. Put in the, uh, put Bison, put the Bison away and gave them the number one overall seed. And then also Kyle Rosa stepping in for keeper Zach Robuto. I mean Zach, another star keeper, just like the women's team, going down with an injury in a really scary fall. Ended up being okay, but not being able to play these last few games, and riding on the most important time of the season. But freshman Kyle Rosa coming in and being a solid backup, only allowing two goals in the last four games just huge for a freshman to be so clutch at this level at this time of the year. Um, just so important. Um, and then of course, um, shout out to their goal scorer and playmaker, Joe Mepham. His contributions to this team obviously have propelled them to one to the one seed of the season and propelled them to all the success they've had, but he finally got the recognition he deserved winning CCC rookie of the year, obviously being a sophomore, but last year not be able to play games, still qualified as a rookie. He wins rookie of the year a truly difference maker and was one of the two goals to make all CCC first team as a sophomore. So just a really impressive season for Joe. Um, really got, really kept them going, really kept the boys going, um, found a way to score some unbelievable goals. Um, so shout out to him. Charles Baji, the other one, getting all CCC first team, not his first time, second time doing that um, as that solid center back, he even missed some games. He was out with an injury. Yeah. He's still wrapped up all CCC sec first team. Um, one of the best, just probably the best center back in, 
in the CCC and in the, the immediate area for Division Three soccer. So um, well-deserved by both of them. Um, Lasky, Rigney, and Regalbuto getting second team. Regalbuto still really impressive, only not, not playing these last four games or playing, playing three and a half of the last four games um, and still earning second team CCC honor. He would have definitely would have ran away with first team honors if he didn't miss these last few games, but right. it is what it is. Um, still really, still really awesome. Um, really awesome way to be recognized. Um, Camden Rigney, the center back, the freshman coming in, I've been impressed with him all season. I've been telling the broadcast over and over again, how impressive he's been as a signal caller, as a leader, as a strong center back has just been amazing um, at that center back position. So well-deserved to him. And then Hayden Lasky being thrown around all around the pitch, playing center back, playing outside back, playing center mid, and just being completely solid at every single position there. Um, just, just a true modern day uh, Swiss army knife and someone that a lot of teams need. I mean, you look at, I mean, you name the sport. Uh, you can talk about football, you can talk about soccer, you talk about basketball. There's always that one guy on championship level teams that is a Swiss Army knife. Uh, for the Celtics, we've got Marcus Smart. I mean, for the Pats, we've had guys like James White and Danny Woodhead and, and those kind of running back-esque guys that have been Swiss Army knives. I mean, you, and you've seen in, in baseball too. I mean, yeah. think about Kike Hernandez, dude, playing all over the field. Uh, Brock Holt used to be for, for, the, uh, for the Red Sox. But you know where I'm going with this, Mike. Like, yeah, championship level teams have those Swiss Army knife kind of guys, and that's what Hayden Lasky was all year. So, deservedly getting him second team, and then rounding it out, Cole Elgin and Tiago Frizzell getting the third team. As I mentioned before, Frizzell's efforts and Cole Elgin's efforts this season that I already kind of touched on. So, congratulations to all of them. They all deserved it. They did. They all had fantastic years. I wish the whole team could get recognized for just how well they've got they've they've gotten together then struggling in the beginning of the year and pushing forward and getting this successful rest of the season. So really just congratulations to all of them. Yeah. Congratulations yeah. to them as well. I mean, it's just, it's great to see players not, not only be selfish, but they're being selfless toward the team and they're, they're all versatile and the versatility actually comes back and shows the athleticism, of all these athletes being able to adjust to anything on the field and, being able to just produce for the team and like Belichick says, do your job. And I'm sure that's what coach Cal and all the rest of the athletes and, and the athletics say. Yeah. And speaking of coach Cal, another one coach of the year, he went to the CCC yet again, adds yes. that to his resume. Just, I mean, well, just well-deserved. He's, I've been to every single game of this uh, year so far and he's just not even close. Easily the best coach out there. This yes. coach, this team is disciplined, hardworking, determined, just a just a well coached team. You can see it. You can see it in all facets. You know a well coached team when you see one. And you can see it in all facets of their game. All business when Anacott walks on that field with Coach Exactly. Kyle. Exactly. You can see it in their gameplay. You can see it on the instructions he gives. There's been multiple times in the season I've literally seen him put in a substitute and then contribute on goal minutes later. Like he, it's like he does a set. It's like he has another sense. He knows. There was it's, there was a game earlier. It was, I want to say it was either the UNE game or the Suffolk game. And freshman Cole Ferguson, he put him on for, for Joe Mepham. So Mepham, obviously, they're, they're CCC Rookie of the Year, their goal scorer. They have a chance, they have a throw in, a deep throw in, which they've scored a few times on. Coden Foley has a really, really long throw. Um, they've scored a few times on that this season. Takes out their main goal scorer, puts in Cole Ferguson, who's only seen the field a few times. And then Cole Ferguson goes in and scores on that play. 
was like, yeah. I was like, where did that even? I was blown away. I was like, he literally just put him in for their best goal scorer, and it's like he yep. knew, he knew. Shout so, out Cole. I know you're listening out there. Yeah, one of our listeners. Yeah. So shout out Cole. Cole's got a couple couple goals in this season. Really proved that um, he needs to see more time on the pitch during this playoffs, and that goal was huge for them. Yeah. Um, so shout out to Cole as a listener, but shout out to Coach Cal, um, Coach of the Year, just well deserved. And from what we've seen, easily the best coach team in the conference. So definitely appropriate to add to his resume. Um, just a quick wrap up of men's soccer now. So just give a little schedule action. Um, the opening round game will play number two seeded Roger Williams in one quarterfinal matchup. The other quarterfinals will be number three, Salva Regina, hosting number six, Curry, number four. Gordon hosting number five, Western New England. So as that, um, as I mentioned before, so Wentworth played Suffolk last night, kind of as a wild card-esque game. It was like, the, it was a seven versus the eight seed, I believe. Um, and Wentworth took, uh, took that one home. So Wentworth will play Roger Williams in one of the quarterfinal matches. Then the other two will be Salve against Curry and then Gordon against Western New England. And obviously, Endicott, as I mentioned before, will get Gordon versus Western New England. So um, that'll be that. That'll be the schedule. They'll play on Tuesday. Uh, our quarterfinals for boys are Saturday. Uh, semifinals are Tuesday, where Endicott plays. And then Saturday will be the CCC championship game, whoever makes it. That'll be November 6th. All right, and here we are with three of the men's soccer stars getting them to the first seed in the playoffs this year. We have Joe Meppum, goalkeeper Zach Rogobuto, and freshman Coden Foley with us today. Boys, if you guys want to say hello. What's up? How are you doing? What's up? Yeah. How are you? Uh, obviously, um, they had a tremendous season getting them to the number one seed in the CCC, going on, getting a first round bye and be playing their game this Tuesday against either um, Gordon or who's Gordon playing? Gordon or uh, Western, Western New England. England. Western New England, right. Okay, so either Gordon or Western New England on Tuesday. Um, but, yeah, here we are. And, Mike, if you want to get us started, we'll go from there. Yeah, so just coming off the, the COVID year last year, you guys not having a season, do you guys think that COVID affected you guys at the beginning of the season? Uh, I'd say – it, the kids who didn't play in the A games last year, like, even though, like, I'm a sophomore, a lot of the sophomores was kind of a, a shock or, like, took us a little bit to get used to college ball, even though we were with here last year. Um, but, like, we, we, we were able to bond a lot last year. So, like, we, I think we were really close. It's just we, we just needed that game experience. I was just going to say, I think it affected us in, like, both ways kind of. With, I think it was, like, more minimal in the aspect of bad more than good because, like, the good aspect was what Joe said, like we bonded well, we really got to know each other as a team, which most teams don't get to do right away when you come in as freshmen. So I think that was good and we had a solid foundation, but again, we just lacked like some experience that we wouldn't usually get. Right, and I, I, have, a, I have a side question off and it's gonna, it's gonna go towards uh, Coden mostly anyway, so I'll let him um, go here in a second, but um, obviously you guys mentioned it with uh, freshmen coming in, having it, even the sophomores last year not getting games, but freshmen coming in, having it might be kind of a culture shock for them off the bat. I was, um, I was thinking Coden, obviously, having your senior season last year be a little different because of the COVID year and, and not have it be a, a normal soccer season. What, what was that 
transition like from high school and having struggled through COVID and playing soccer through COVID into transitioning into this college Endicott program? Yeah, so senior year of high school, that season wasn't really like a full soccer year. There was a lot of rules that were changed. Like there was no contact. Um, club was getting canceled all the time. So I wasn't really, I didn't have like the game experience I've had. So coming in here was a, it was a big change. It was like a big eye opener. Um, but the boys made it like easy to come in. I mean, it was the first like two days of practice were definitely like, whoa, this is a big change because like one, I haven't played in a while in like a real game or like anything this competitive. And then two, like, it was just like coming into something so new. It's just like a big change coming from high school to college. It's different in every way, like even without COVID. Um, but they made it easy to like come in. I know at the beginning of the year, we had like 23 kids that like didn't play in a college game ever before. So during preseason was like kind of like eye opening for all of us, even the sophomores, because none of us really had that college experience. But as the games went on, we kind of like got better and more experienced. And I think we're in a good spot now. Yeah, wow, that, that's, that was kind of nuts. I mean, you said 23 guys. Um, never playing a real college game before because obviously all the sophomores and freshmen coming in um, all at once getting first team experience kind of crazy the, um, the how fast you guys got together and bonded and created team chemistry to get to this point so it's honestly really impressive by you guys I would just say going off that like just having no experience playing college soccer is definitely eye-opening for you guys and also me playing baseball just like the first time coming out here was pretty pretty wild just seeing some bigger stronger guys but also just seeing other freshmen in the same boat really helped and just have another question I would say like I know the first the first couple games weren't where you guys wanted to be but what led to that turnaround and did coach Cal coach Cal's coaching style change was there anything ever like spoken that sparked the the winning streak I'd say that ties into a lot of like, yeah, the COVID there last year, because we uh, we started our season off with like a lot of really hard non-conference games and throwing a starting lineup and a rotation of mostly underclassmen to like those really hard non-conference matchups. Like, you know, it obviously wasn't the start we wanted to have, but I think we, you know, we got really good experience from those hard games. And then second half of the season, we're facing our league opponents. We go 7-1-1. One, one, and like, that was the spark. Like, you know, we had those games in our belt. We got the confidence and we just learned to play together and learned what college soccer was like. So I think that's what turned it around for me. Yeah. I mean, I can build off of that a little bit. It, it was really nice to have those strong out-of-conference matchups because we always typically have a strong out-of-conference matchups just so we get ready for our conference games. And they, who knows if like maybe we do really well one season, we can like maybe get an automatic bid into the tournament instead of having to win the conference. But anyways, we love playing those games. We pretty much thrive for them. I think there was a turning point in our season this year where we started playing those games and we started off a little slow. And then we literally, I'm pretty sure we had a meeting in our locker room and we all just looked at each other and like said some words and we, we really just like all locked in. And like, I mean, we really just did it for each other this year and really just grinded it out. I remember that talk in the locker room. I sit like two lockers down from Zach. I remember him saying like word for word, uh, we're a very young team. Like I, I remember him saying that we're a very young team. 
and we're very inexperienced, but don't like count on that. We have more years do it for the older kids. And I'm, that stuck with me since then. He said, play for your seniors. I mean, we only have a couple, but like, since he said that, I feel like we've came a long way. Uh, Mike mentioned it before. I mean, talking about uh, going back to coach Cal, I mean, clearly the best coach in the conference, one coach of the year again this year. Um, you clearly, I, I can see throughout this year, you guys were really clearly the best coach team um, in some of division three soccer, honestly, but what's it like playing at him? Like how, how tough is he during your guys' like your struggles in the beginning and what's his message been through this win streak? Um, I th I'd say the main, the main thing we really focus on is going into each game. We didn't say we're going to win, we're going to lose, but we really stuck the main points where we're going to compete and we're going to compete as hard as we can for as long as we can. And we're going to outcompete the other team. And that basically just like, I think that switched a lot of people's minds onto like what we're doing this season, where we want to take this thing. But yeah, we're just competing. And I mean, it's just, and he also, there's another term that he used was underdog. Because after we started up the season slow, we're considered the underdogs, right? So I think once we started using compete and underdog in the locker room, like between us and not just Coach Cal, it really just like pushed us forward and propelled us. Yeah, he just always had a lot of faith in us too. Which, that, that was huge because, you know, we, we were trying to figure things out, like changing formations, you know, different players getting different minutes. But, like, he, he was always just so confident in us. And, you know, he can, he can seem a little tough on us sometimes. You know, he's, he's, he's very intense. He's very passionate. But, like, if you sit down with him one-on-one, -on -one, like, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll be honest with you. But it, it's, it's a big help, like, the, the words he says to us, like, off the field sometimes. Yeah. And I would say just going off that um, – Coach Cal really motivating you guys. I can see it during the game, just the passion. And I think you guys really feed off his energy as well. But also coming off that energy, how big of a difference do you guys think having the number one seed will play on you guys playing at Hempstead all the way through the tournament into the championship, hopefully? I'd say the having the home seed, so like you have the home field advantage no matter what, that's huge. I think that's the main reason it's huge is because we play on it every day, we practice on it, and, like, we know how it is. But also our home fans and supporters, like, I think that would be great for us. But overall, it doesn't change, really, because we're, we're really going into it with the same mentality, maybe even, even with, like, a more hungrier mentality than normal, just because we know what we got to do now. It's, like, win or go home, and we're locked in, so... Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously being um, just two short years ago, being so close before, and I know, um, Zach, you were on that team, but uh, not, um, not the rest of the guys. Is, is, that, is that season, that was, that was your freshman season, was that season no. that you guys went through and went to the championship game, is that something um, you guys try to share and pass down to the other teammates and showing them, like, look, we've been there, we've been so close, and it, and it hurts so bad to get there and not quite finish it. Is that something you've tried to been spreading to the rest of the team that didn't experience that season? Yeah, absolutely. There's always like a piece of it where you have to implement into the younger kids that show that like we're really committed to this thing. So like me and some other juniors and the seniors, obviously, <clears throat> we um we really just we talk about it sometimes, but we don't really like to focus on it because like we're in the moment now. But like we talk about our past experience and like we tell them like we've been through this, like we, we know what's going to go on and we know what's going to happen. And again, going back to your previous question, there was um, 
that's the difference between my freshman year and then this year is because hopefully we'll be playing at home in the championship where two years ago we played at Salve. And that environment was the craziest environment I've ever been in playing soccer. And so <clears throat> what I want to experience is <laughs> having that crazy environment at a home field advantage because I think that would just be amazing. But yeah, but we do uh, talk to the um, freshmen and sophomores about how it's going to feel and like how we have to prepare for it. And I think they all got a pretty firm grasp on it. Being like one of the younger kids on the team, going off what Zach said, um, we have pictures hung up in our locker room of the previous teams, the 2017 team that won it. Uh, we also have our regular season trophies in there. So seeing that in there just like motivates us to want to be that team and be that new picture on the wall. Yeah, that, that's huge. I mean, obviously seeing how successful this program has been in the past, you guys want to be a, a, a part of that um, just, just huge history, just a history of success. And you guys obviously want to be the ones to put your names up there. So another, another great way to keep your confidence up and, and boost in that way. Kind of, kind of going off of that uh, confidence boost, Zach and Joe, both congratulations on all CCC teams earning that this year. Um, and then Joe winning rookie of the year as well. So congratulations. But do, do season awards like that or, or the weekly CCOC awards or even season awards like you guys got this year, um, does that boost your confidence at all or change your play style? Or, or are you just nothing about the awards and just keep your uh, mentality on the winning? <laughs> I do think confidence is like a huge piece of soccer. Like you're not going to fulfill your potential if you don't believe in yourself. So it is nice to get the recognition. So, you know, celebrate hugs for a day and then cool. And it's like, that's, that's not the real goal. The, the real goal is championship. So it's, it's nice. Yeah. It keeps you, keeps you motivated, gives you confidence, but like those awards came out yesterday, you know, yeah, we got like a lot of hugs, a lot of congratulations. And now we're just, we're just back to work. Like it's in the past. Yeah. I mean, that's, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, obviously, uh, it's it's a good it's a good way to stay motivated. It's a good way to keep your confidence up and show the rest of the league like I'm here. I'm this is what I'm about. This is what and kind of kind of show them who you are. But at the same time, like you said, that championship is what it's all about. So so putting that behind you is good. Yeah, and it's it's definitely huge to see that out of not only you but also your teammates supporting you, and knowing that. They also play a role in you getting that great accomplishment and overall success as well. Um, I got a question specific for Zach. I mean, how about uh, your backup, Kyle Rosa? I know that it's it's hard for you going down and as an injured player, and I'm sure your competition level is just getting higher and higher as it goes on and just seeing your team on the field. But – uh, did you see anything in practice that proves that Kyle was ready for this moment and um, keeping your team on the winning streak? Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, I fully believe in Kyle Rosa and Danny Pierce, the other backup goalie too. But I mean, I like I have complete faith in them. Like they work hard. They might even work harder than me sometimes. Like their their mentality is so strong. And Rosa, he's, he's a great kid, absolutely great kid, really respects what you say, respects what you say to him. Um, and he just really wants to get better. And he just really wants to do everything for the team. And you can see that in games because he plays his heart out and it's awesome. 
Like I couldn't, I went, I, I wish I had remembered when I went down in the Suffolk game, but when I went down, I completely lost consciousness. And so I didn't remember until halftime, but um, I didn't even know I was out of the game actually, which was crazy. But um, yeah, like when I, the second half hit and I was watching him, I had complete faith that we were going to win the game. And I carried that faith throughout the next four games or whatever it was. But yeah, he, he really tries 100%, 110% in all practices, and it shows in games, which is huge. I think it's huge for the team, too, to see a freshman keeper come in like that, too. Yeah, I mean, I've said in, in my broadcast a few times, I've, I've mentioned how I've been impressed, obviously, with Rosa. Um, Kyle coming in, he played the first two games, I believe, and then obviously in these last, in these last few um, after, after your injury, Zach. But I keep saying how important it is to have a backup keeper. I mean... They don't, they don't get game reps usually. Obviously, you don't make goalie substitutions in, in most regular season games, and um, they don't get real game reps. So it's important to keep if a scary injury like that. I mean, crazy stuff happens in soccer all the time. You're never going to be able to predict. So having a, a, a hardworking and solid keeper on your bench is probably one of the most important things in soccer, one of the most overlooked things. And yeah. you guys got it with Kyle. So that he's just been amazing and really holding, you guys, uh, keep holding the house down, really, while you guys have, are going through this win streak. Um, switching it up a little bit here, uh, question for Joe. So obviously this, this season you've had, you've had, uh, quite a handful of, uh, pretty spectacular goals, including most specifically some free kicks, uh, in the preseason and, and most, mostly earlier in this year. So I'm just curious, is that, is that something you've always been good at? Is that someone you focus, something you focus on in practice? Is there like a certain spot on the field where you're like, I, I know I'm going to hit this. Like, there's no doubt because when you walk up to the ball I mean it, it you look pretty confident and you look like you're about to score a goal at all times so what's your kind of mindset on that free kick uh mentality I guess uh like to be honest I never really fancied myself on free kicks before like I didn't get a lot of opportunities to take them in high school just like the way the seasons played out and then yeah that AIC game like I'm sure if Baji was on the field at that point he would have taken it or if like someone else was and but like I just happened to be on the field so I took it and then that happened and like just from that game like I realized that like it was it was a it was I don't know I got over a big mental block with it so like I, I realized that I could do those things in games I could like you know hit those kinds of hit those kinds of balls so then from there on out like I just like, try to get in that same like AIC mindset where you, you can't think about it too much but you just got to trust your muscle memory because you know at the end of the day you're just shooting a ball whether it's whether it's dead ball or in the middle of the game so yeah I just I just try to bring myself back to that moment and, and not overthink it. Yeah, right. I mean, like you said it best. I mean, at the end of the day, it's really just shooting a soccer ball. What that comes down to the basics of what you guys do every day. But, but definitely some spectacular goals and some and some and some major moments. Major moments for me. I mean, I've got some pretty cool broadcast moments out of your free kicks. So honestly, <laughs> honestly appreciate it. Got some stuff from my highlight reel. So appreciate that. Yeah, it's definitely definitely cool to see for both of you. Honestly, I actually got a question from my fellow freshman, Coden. I. Uh, from just uh, over the past year, I know me and you've gone through the recruiting process, and I'd just like to know for our senior or junior listeners out there, is there any tips you can give them for stalker recruiting here at Endicott College? So uh, my recruiting year was uh, pretty, I, I would say pretty different than others because I didn't honestly know the assistant coaches until the first day I got here. Many people might not know that, like regs and maps, but um, 
yeah, my recruiting was straight through Cal. Um, I had a connection here. So I would say for recruiting for the younger kids, it's all about your connections. Like if you can find a connection, use it because it's going to be very useful. Um, a kid from my high school played here, was on that 2017 team that won it. And I basically got connected to Cal through him. And then we just went from there. But I would say to use your connections, definitely. Um, go to your camps, just the basic stuff like that. Stay, stay in touch with your coaches. Um, it's also a lot easier for them this year because last year and the end of my junior year, we weren't allowed to do like on-campus visits. So a lot of it was through Zooms. And uh, But now like we have kids in the locker room all the time on like recruiting visits. So definitely take advantage of that too. Yeah, definitely. It makes yeah. a lot of sense. And when when you guys all, I mean, all three of you guys getting recruited here, was how was uh, Coach Khaled just like, did, did you did you know that Endicott was was going to be the place right away? Like, how was the co- how was dealing with the coaching staff? Like, how was how was re- how was being recruited by Coach Calabrese? Um, I mean, for me personally, uh, I was I played at Oakwood, and so. That's a, we do showcases down in Florida and he saw me at one of the games after we got in contact. And so that's when we started talking. But after that, I mostly, when I came and visited here, I talked to our assistant coach, Coach Phil, mostly. And so I talked to him and then it was back and forth to Cal and like pretty much like I knew right away that I was gonna come here. I committed like pretty late into my senior year of high school. So, um, I mean, I just, right when I saw this place, I was like, yeah, I mean, I really know no place better and I really like it here. So like, let's do it. Let's do this thing. Uh, yeah, Cal actually, uh, he coached one of my club teams in high school. So I'm pretty, pretty used to, and probably appreciate his coaching style more than the average player, but like, yeah, he, he, he gives a good sales pitch. He, um, you know, he just shows you the trophies. He, he shows you what practices are like. He, he shows you how much they're demanding of players here. He shows you that, like, you're going to be challenged. Like, you're not just going to coast and you're not going to be given up on either. So, like, it's, it's a great middle ground. Like, if you, if you work hard, you're going to be rewarded by it. And that, that, that promise has been fulfilled. It's, it's, it's a really rewarding program here. Yeah, and I would just say, like, also Cal brings a unique perspective, also being an assistant strength and conditioning coach. That also plays a big role just because, you know, you're going to get – what you got on the field, but also off the field, like you're going to recover well, you're going to get stronger in the off season. You're also going to maintain what you gain the off season. Yeah, definitely. Just, just, a, just a great coach to have winning CCC coach of the year again. I mean, obviously just sounds like a, a stand-up guy and, and a great coach overall. And I mean, he can prove it with his track record. So just, just an awesome coach in general, I guess just, just to wrap it up here. I mean, I'll, I'll, I would love a page from all three of you on this one, but I guess just last thing, what's what's your mentality going to these playoff games? I mean, two games, win or go home, the, the biggest moment of probably some of your guys' soccer careers. Uh, what's the team's mentality really just going into this thing? Just, like, complete confidence and determination. Like, there's never been a game, a conference game we played this year where we thought, like, we shouldn't have won. Like, even our loss to Salve was, like, overtime and, like, I, I was super close. Like we, I we could easily be eight. You know, in my opinion, like I, I, I hope that doesn't sound cocky, but like I no, really just think that uh, I remember uh, that game being being one yeah. that was definitely in reach for you guys for sure. Yeah, just us, like us on Hempstead against any of those teams who we've already played before. Like we're we're just really excited to you know be, be in front of our fans and and you know 
play to the best of our ability because we, we know what the potential we have and we just can't stop thinking about the next game and possibly the championship. Yeah, to build off of Joe, um, we really liked, we've been talking for like for a week now once the seeding came out that we're number one. Really like going back to this clip of uh, Kobe Bryant when he was up two nothing in a, I forgot, it was probably a quarterfinals or whatever, Eastern Conference, Western Conference finals, I mean. And he just goes, a reporter asked him, like, why aren't you smiling? And he goes, job's not finished. And I think we really, we've all been really loving that video. So that's really what I've been preaching is job's not finished yet. So we got two more games to prove it. For me, I'd say, um, I mean, 90-minute game, unless it doesn't go in overtime, it's just go as hard as you can for however long you're in. Um, we like play pretty deep, so we make some substitutions. Um, and you just got to work your hardest. If you need a sub, you're going to get it. But like Zach said earlier in this, do it for the older kids. So you just got to work your hardest. Yeah, I mean, and that Kobe clip's a legendary one. I've seen that. I saw that. I think, I think the, your, the Endicott soccer page posted it. It was on Baji's story, I think, or, or something like that. Just, just a legendary moment. I was, I, I love it. Um, one of my favorite videos of all time, and just the fact that you guys embrace that is is really awesome. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's um, gonna do it for for us. Uh, again, thank you guys for coming on. Congratulations again, number one seed heading the playoffs uh, Tuesday. We'll see either Gordon or Western New England, depending on the game tomorrow. Um, so that that's it from us. Just just good luck, guys, and um, I'll be there watching and supporting you guys. And um, we'll see what happens at the end of this year. Good good luck. All right, thank you guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. awesome. Yeah, no problem. Of course, I we we love to have you again. You guys on again sometime in the future. So we'll um, we'll definitely let you guys know. Awesome. All right, thank you guys. See you guys. Thanks. Now moving in to our guarantees. So a little recap on last week. Mike gained a little bit of ground on me here. Just a little bit. Don't get don't get too ahead of yourself here, Mike. You didn't. I mean, you didn't go crazy, but you you yeah. you gained some you gained some things back. I did get both wrong, so I said that uh, field hockey would extend their winning streak to seven in their home game against UNE and win by at least two. I was uh, I might have to lose points in that one. I was really wrong. Uh, they lost five nothing, so that was a tough one. I mean, field hockey is is hot, arguably the best pro sports program we have at the school. I'll say that with confidence, um, but they just, that day was just not their day. Clearly um, a really, really good team. They're, they're constant rival. They're, they're only competition really in the CCC. I mean, they have other good teams in there, but not ones that usually beat Endicott. Um, UNE is one of those teams and they came in and took care of business. Still talking a little bit of a skid right now. One, in, one in three in the last four, but we'll obviously look to close up their season on a high note. A couple, couple of games left. Um, before the playoffs, um, but that five loss, five nothing loss, definitely gonna hurt um, against a dummy UNE team, um, and UNE will most likely now have home field advantage throughout the playoffs, as long as they stay alive, of course. Um, UNE being the biggest rival of Endicott for years, and we've seen the field hockey do crazier things and some and do some awesome things in the past and win some um, major championship games. So they still got a lot left in them, and never count out, never count out an Endicott team in the in the playoffs, especially when we talk about field hockey. So. So I know they'll definitely bounce back from that one. Um, my other guarantee that I got wrong 
was oh I said that football is going to go two and zero on the road in their next little their next little streak. They did beat Husson, so I almost got I almost I had it there, but they lost to uh, Salve twenty one to fourteen. Definitely a tough loss. Salve being the number one seed in the CCC. Obviously the history we have with them and the rivalry we have with them. So that was a tough one to go down, but we'll definitely give um, Endicott some some sort of competitive boost when they see them, when they maybe see them again in the playoffs, which is, which is a pretty high chance. Um, This one, just a hard fought defensive battle. Um, But the CCC rival got the best of them in that one. It was 21, 14. Um, Just a, just a low scoring game, defensive um, one in the, one in the gutters, as they say. Um, But Endicott will see UNE and Nichols to end this year and try to regain that top spot. Um, But obviously it will be harder to do now with that loss. So um, I don't know. Did you? Oh, that one was away, but um, it would have been a, it would have been a fun one to watch at home. But definitely a, a tough yeah. a tough one that ended for Endicott. Not not the best of endings. But I mean, with a team like this, they and I know Endicott's going to go into the playoffs with some sort of they're going to go with some sort of attitude. They've been very good all season. Yeah, and another game tomorrow, Senior Day here at Hempstead at twelve. Another another great noontime game on Saturday gets that real college game day feel. I mean, everyone's going to be amped for that one. It's gonna it's gonna be a messy one in the rain, but I know they'll come out firing for that one. A little motivation from that South Bay game would be huge. Yeah, they'll definitely get some sort of competitive boost from um, South Bay, knowing that they got they got some redemption to do and some avenging to do. Yeah. So um, um and they'll really and, they're gonna, and they're not gonna have to play them again until it matters most. So they're gonna have definitely. Um, some advantage there, but Mike, you did, um, you did get one correct. John Kenny did not score against both Hudson and Salve, unfortunately. So that guarantee was, um, yeah. not correct, but you did get the soccer men's and women's soccer sweep against Suffolk. They both won men four to one and women's one, nothing. So congratulations. You earned yourself a point. That's I mean, awesome. Big so now pick up for me. Yeah. So now it's why I got three, right. A week before I got, I should have wrote down the score. But I think it was three. Yeah. So it's three to one now. Three one. Not bad. You're right there, bro. Yeah. You're right there behind me. Um, we're gonna. Have, I I'm pretty I, I'm pretty confident in my picks this week though, um, and I'm excited to see how they play out. It's gonna it's gonna time out pretty good for our next podcast too. Um, I don't know what your guarantees are yet, but we will get into them here, and um, continue this leaderboard. So to start so, us off, Mike, you can uh, go ahead with your guarantees for this week. Um, so tomorrow, heading into noontime at Hempstead, I think uh, the football team will get back on track with another win against UNE. It's going to be a really good one. Really excited for it. And I also think the field hockey team will get back on track with two wins um, the last two games. I think they'll get back on track, too. I think I think Endicott Athletics in general will just dominate this week, and it'll involve CCC championships as well. Yes, yes, hopefully. We'll, we'll see, but I, I, um, I do agree with that. And going off of that, my strong guarantees of the week, just to wrap it up all in one here, both men's and women's soccer teams will end up in the CCC final. I will guarantee that to the, my grave, and that will be my guarantee. So hopefully we'll see, but that's, that's it right there. And that is going to do it for episode five of The Ultimate Goal. Um, obviously a, a jam-packed episode, something you guys definitely are going to want to see. The interview was amazing. Um, 
Thank you again to Joe, Zach, and Coden for coming in um, and kind of give us more insight on that team. Just an amazing interview from them. And um, yeah, that, that's really going to do it. Mike, any final words? No, I'm just excited for the next episode. Hopefully we got some uh, CCC hardware back in the post center and go goals. Yeah, that Mike Mike said it best. I'm 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 really excited for this next episode because I really think we're going to be able to to celebrate a little bit. Um, but hopefully we'll see, we will see. But hopefully this next episode is definitely an exciting one. We get to review some good stuff from the CCC and from Endicott here. So that will do it. It's a great day to be a gull. Go gulls, all of the above. We'll see you guys in the booth. We'll see you guys here next time, and have a great day. Peace out. Yeah.